try an EVP session? Yeah. Go ahead. Can you tell us your name? Were you killed here? Is your name Conley? Are you here in the bar with us? All right, let's play it back and see what we missed. All right. Can you tell us your name? Were you killed here? Is your name Conley? Play it back. Holy What was that? It said find it. At this point, there is no doubt in my mind that there is something here. The question is, what are they trying to tell us? Hello and welcome to the Amateur Skeptics Podcast, number 96. The Amateur Skeptics is a proud member of the Dumbass Media Empire. Joining me this evening... Well, I'm I'm your host, Brian. Are you sure? Yes, I am. Because <laughs> it kind of sounds like you're underwear. There. Well, yeah, you know, I don't know what I'm doing. And of course, uh, that's our head masturbator, Ian. Hey, everybody! Uh, other masturbators joining us this evening, Terry. Woohoo! And of course, Mac. I'm here. And dumbass. You know, I would have gotten away with it if it weren't for those damn meddling kids. <laughs> And I did not forget to introduce Kimberly. She's not here. Aww. How is everybody this evening? Great. I'm doing mm-hmm. pretty good. Yeah. Excellent. I am all right. Just all right? Yeah, just all right. Is, is it like fine but not neato? Yeah, I'd say fine but not neato okay. is probably good. Right. Good. Or no, it's good fine but not daddy. Fine but not dandy or moderately neato. That's... that's Mac, is that normative for you, or is this an alternative to your typical state? Uh, that's probably fairly normative. <laughs> yeah. It probably is for most of us, actually. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, do we have any announcements? Excellent. Well, I drew up Mile High Con again, but I'm pretty sure this won't be out before the weekend, so. All right. Yeah, if it's, yeah probably not. Probably. All right. Well, good. Uh, let's move on to Ian and Terry's masturbation moment. The Amateur Skeptics present Ian's Masturbation Moment, brought to you by the Dumbass Media Empire. The Dumbass Media Empire, bringing you content that touches people while they touch themselves. Is this sort of mutual? like a hostile takeover. <laughs> well, <laughs> is this a mutual moment? <laughs> a mutual moment. That's right. Well, I think the dumbass is going to have to redo the intro for this. I think it needs to be Ian and Terry's masturbation moment. You know, Ian I, didn't submit anything this last. Yeah, time. I know well, exactly. I, I normally wait till the last moment to see what's fresh and out there, but you guys both beat me to it. I'm like, you know, there's enough this time. I don't need to add anything. <laughs> Can there ever be too much discussion about masturbation, though? Seriously. Well, I, th- there's a reason that uh, our one of our episodes is called the Masturbation Filibuster. <laughs> 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 Yeah. 
Actually, the TMS filibuster. Oh, is that what it was? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, I have masturbation stories to put in whenever it seems like the right time, but we have enough masturbation tonight. When so. is it not the right time for masturbation? So um, in my ongoing um, incentive to put more masturbation information in here about women who masturbate, because it seems like we often talk about guys who masturbate, um, I found this article on Planned Parenthood, and it's got a really mm. great um, outline of kind of the history of societal attitudes about masturbation and what people did about that and the medical community's opinions and changing opinions. So we went from it being a horrible and sinful, awful, self-abusive type thing to gradually evolving over time to acknowledging in the 50s with Kinsey that <gasps> women, women actually masturbate too. And oh. then, uh, I know, <laughs> are you shocked, shocked? <laughs> wait, wait, explain that. Um, maybe go into detail, explain it a little slower. <laughs> right. <laughs> so when you're not wearing any pants. Oh, wait, oh, that's a different podcast. <laughs> no, 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 that's this podcast. Keep going. <laughs> One thing I liked about this article is it's well-sourced, and it's they have a lot of you know actual legitimate research and studies and stuff. But one thing that I love is there's a whole section on the health benefits of masturbation. There's an extensive list. Reduce stress, reduce sexual tension, provide sexual pleasuring and intimacy. My favorite, though. Oh, induce sleep. I don't know if that's quite true of everyone, probably for many people. Um, it cl they claim to indir it indirectly prevents disease and buildup of resistance to infections by increasing the flow of white blood cells and rejuvenating the circulation of hormones. And they cite a study, which I have not looked into the credibility or the methodology of, but it sounds compelling to me. One more reason. And then uh, my very favorite is that it increases blood flow in the genital region, which, again, shocked, shocked by that. <laughs> this makes so, – uh, this says in here that the reason for circumcision was an anti-masturbation deterrent, mm -hmm. which, uh, which you know, I, I just thought it was because the Bible said, chop it off. Well, right. I think uh, female circumcision – they did female circumcision uh, during the early uh, 20th century right. uh, as a masturbation deterrent. Yeah, well, that that's – yeah, I, but I, I don't doubt that that did that for men you know, along the same lines. Well, how does that work, though? That doesn't make it, any it, sense. It, well, I mean, you're kind of desensitizing, right? You're taking a lot of No, the, th there's no evidence of that, actually. That, that's, we need to do a circumcision podcast. We've, oh, yeah, we, we've done this before. We can do it again. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, there's a big difference also between male foreskin circumcision and female genital mutilation there. Right. Um, right. There are orders of magnitude, typically orders of magnitude different. So, But yeah, I can see that the motivation being similar for both. I have two favorite uh, paragraphs in this. Um, I'll read them to you. The first one, uh, when the philosopher Diogenes masturbated in public in the Agora, he shocked people. He tried to make the point that all human activities are worthy of being done in public, that none of them is so shameful that it requires privacy. His fellow citizens disagreed. <laughs> I, <laughs> I thought that was awesome that there's some philosopher trying to make a point by masturbating in public. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Here, here's the other one. <clears throat> Studies after Kinsey's death continue to corroborate his findings. In 1969, for example, German researchers asked men to masturbate every few hours over a period of two years. No evidence of either physical or mental disease or disorder was detected. <laughs> and, um,. <laughs> Is that can, can you imagine being? Yeah, can you imagine being the study participant in that, being asked to, you know, set your clock and beep, 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 beep. Well, what's that? I just gotta go. <laughs> I took the one out every couple hours for two years. 
I, I think you'd lose interest after a while, believe it or not. Well, I think you lose a little feeling down there. I mean, work out your muscles. <laughs> well, I, I, as pro-masturbation as I am, nobody has the time to masturbate every two hours. I mean, you have other stuff to do. <laughs> <laughs> it says every, uh, maybe it says every few hours. I don't know if it was two. Few, maybe three, I guess. I don't oh, know, but... there you go. <laughs> but it'd be, it'd be like the article we had last time, you know, in that, oh, I have to take a 15-minute break, go masturbate. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Middle work. Sorry, boss. It's um, my alarm went off. Gotta go masturbate for the scientific research. <laughs> That's awesome. <clears throat> All right. So, firemen rescue man's penis from toaster. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh,. Well, this has been in the news all, all over the place. Now, I, I tried to think up a list of unusual places where I could envision a man wanting to stick his penis for a little thrill. Uh, here's what I came up with. Vacuum cleaner. A sock. Been done. Toilet, Not by me. A toilet paper roll. Both of those. A bottle with a mouth about the right size. A tree with a hole about the right size. Uh, between two pillows or cushions. And an inflatable sheep. That's where the, that's about where I started running out of ideas. And it seems as if I'm not imaginative as other guys because I found a list on the internet of places where men have had to be rescued from after getting their penises stuck, uh, including a dumbbell, a deck chair, a park bench, and some industrial equipment at a sawmill, though I hasten to add not the actual sawing part. <laughs> um... So anyway, what's the one thing missing from this list? Apparently, according to recent news, a toaster. A man in London, England had to be rescued after getting his penis stuck in a household toaster. Not an object I would have ever thought to put on the list. Yeah, I'm just picturing the toaster itself and, I mean... The, well, the thank God it wasn't an industrial yeah. toaster. And was it on? Was it plugged in? Was it warm? Uh, it didn't say, but I, I would assume not. I, I would hope not. Hope not. Yeah, but it, it's just, if you look inside the way those heating coils are, I don't see those being something you want to rub against, whether they're on or not. <laughs> I mean, those things are wired. They're going to be cutting into you. It's like, ugh. So I was thinking about this, though. My toaster is stainless, and so it's reflective. You can see yourself in the toaster. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm not sure if that's enough reason for me to stick my penis in it. <laughs> oh, look, shiny! I think, that if I, I, I think that if I found myself in such dire straits that I was sticking my junk into a toaster, I think I would have to be kind of holding up my hand over the reflective surface going, don't look at me. <laughs> right. and, that's and if, me. If that that's was me. the case, imagine if sheep were shiny. <laughs> they don't have to be shiny. <laughs> Well, this is apparently just, um, you know, the toaster thing is just to grab your attention, I think, because um, it goes on to list a number of cases where people got <laughs> limbs stuck doing non-sexual things. And uh, the basic message seems to be a reminder to be careful when you stick a limb somewhere. Uh, I, I love the fact that they, they referenced Fifty Shades Syndrome. Apparently that's a thing now. Yes, apparently uh, uh, they seem to be noticing an increase in people getting caught in handcuffs. Hmm. Well... For research purposes only, I'm of, sure. Of course, right. Uh, you know, but the thing of it is, that's not exactly that's not exactly new. I mean, there's there's urban legends about police being called out by a woman's screams and finding out that they've been they've been role playing. The guy's dressed as Batman or Superman, and he's conked himself out cold on the fan or the ceiling, trying to bounce bounce to the rescue, and she's still tied to the bed. <laughs> wow. Snopes.com, folks. <laughs> Snopes.com. And, and did they, was that false? They couldn't find the originating story, but there were so many reports of it 
that they couldn't find the origin. Uh, <laughs> so they don't. Oh, know. and um, uh, uh, Terry, uh, you right said, oh. yeah. Oh, uh, okay. The, we have we have two complementary stories. So we have the the story about the toaster, but we always have the five real life cases of men getting their genitals stuck in things. Yeah, I, I mentioned that. Yeah, we went and through I, that, and I and I get, uh, brought this other article in for Terry. Yeah. Um, because um, Terry, you said that you'd like to see more crazy masturbation stunts involving women. Exactly. So I found for you an article about strange things that women have gotten stuck up their vaginas, including one woman who tried to have fun with a slug that slithered in and refused to come out. <sighs> <laughs> Man, are you I, look at it. I mean, we see. Look, look at the just the picture up top. We got a penny. <laughs> they got a Dorito, a condom. <laughs> Calling secret talk. Going, so there's a dime stuck in my vagina, but I don't know. I'm too embarrassed to tell my mom because she's an alcoholic. <laughs> so it's like, she thought let's... if she if she stuck it up there and twisted her knobs, uh, some candy would come out. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was like, I was wondering. I, you know, like we talked about before, a lot of. I don't know what the stats are, but many women also need clitoral stimulation in order to orgasm. So like shoving something up your vagina isn't necessarily going to get you off by itself. So I don't know why people are sticking Doritos. I, I don't know. Uh, it's like it's like opening up a shark's stomach. Oh, yeah. my cell phone is stuck in my vagina. It is. I I, it <laughs> reminds me of the uh, reminds me of the old joke where the. The guy loses himself inside the woman's vagina, and he meets another man in there. And the guy says, "You know, I, I I hope that I hope that we can find our way out." And the guy says, "Well, if we find my keys, we can drive the car out." Oh. <laughs> There's a curb your enthusiasm where um, Richard Lewis has a nurse, and the nurse is stealing stuff. And uh, well, I mean, it claimed by uh, you know by uh, Larry David, and he and he's like, "How's he getting out?" He's so well, she's. Put, she, she's putting it up her vagina and later he can't find his phone so he says I'm, I'm going to call my phone and you know he calls it and sure enough it's <laughs> ringing <laughs> so I've got to say though I've given birth to two children through my vagina I've shoved children out and uh, I don't think I could get my cell phone in there like I don't know how the kids came out but <laughs> <laughs> there's a there's a comic I have I, I'll think I'll see if I can quickly uh, find it for you it's a um this uh it's a more it's a dirty one and uh this um this woman is uh, having sex and the guy's like pulling stuff out of there like you know the uh, oh i found a quarter and uh, oh, an egg or whatever and, and then she's like wait i, I don't want and then uh he, he's pulling out uh i think he's pulling out like the, those ribbons and she's like ah, this is the last time i have sex with a magician <laughs> <laughs> something <laughs> well, i was thinking about like drug mules so when women are drug mules do they do they hide drugs in their rectums and their vaginas or just I mean probably. Yeah. I, I'm I'm floored by the whole cloves of garlic in their thing. Well, see that's people who don't like contemporary medicine try that for stuff like yeast infections and whatnot. Uh, so that sounds like a terrible I thought, idea. I thought maybe we were talking Twilight Syndrome and they were trying to drive <laughs> off sparkly vampires. No, they're trying to drive off the the fully treatable um the sexually transmitted, <laughs> right? Yeah, All right, yeah, we're back to that. Sexually transmitted demons. Yeah, that—that's yeah. that, scary though, because you think about it, you know, garlic and you know other stuff like that. It has a lot of bacteria and stuff. You know, I mean, I—you don't want to be stuffing that up there. Well, it's self-cleansing, but yeah, to a point, depends on what you put in there, I guess. Um, yeah, at least it's not sawmill equipment, I guess. 
<laughs> no. <laughs> As in the- right. Bed knobs and broomsticks. <laughs> uh. <laughs> All right. Carrie, it's Carrie. You just ruined I think an you- old movie for me. <laughs> so I'm sorry. <laughs> That's let Lansbury in a whole different light. <laughs> She's like Betty White, don't you know? All right. You have a shout out. I do. I have a shout out. Um, since we were talking, we were going to talk about ghosts this episode. I listened to a podcast called Mysteries Abound, and uh, he just he kind of goes through the news and uh, websites like Mental Floss and picks like quirky, interesting, you know, mysterious sounding stories. And often they have you know a perfectly legitimate explanation. But um, he's not he's not as skeptically driven as we are in terms of identifying what you know what the rational explanation is and then usually at the end of that podcast he tells a ghost story and he's such a great storyteller it's just really fun to listen to all right so very good okay so ghosts now this is a ghost goose that's right roll that way ghosts now one of the overall themes that i'm going to get into tonight is the fact that everything you look at here has nothing scientifically based on it, which is an overlying thing if you look into the ghost hunting stuff. They know nothing. And the majority of the stuff they claim, they're pretty much pulling out of their asses. And so the first thing we have here is what are ghosts? You read through it and basically they straight out say they have no idea. They are making assumptions. They are um, trying to look at science, say, okay, this is what makes the most sense. Uh, this one ends up with saying that most likely it, they are plasma creatures. <laughs> they don't explain a lot of stuff that would need to make sense for this, like where does the energy come from to create ghosts, which has never been explained. Um, plasma in itself is not going to be able to talk. It's not going to have, you know, voice boxes or anything. So the, all these ghost voices, where are they coming from? It can't be from a plasma creature because that wouldn't, you know, there's all sorts of gaps. And that's one thing you, I, I think will be reoccurring tonight is there are well, so many gaps so in the logic the, used. The difference that they, that they take is that they're working from the assumption that ghosts exist and they're trying to sh- they're trying to figure out what they are, right? Like, like we to, have a documented uh, phenomenon yeah. where we are coming from the perspective of first we need to establish that ghosts actually exist. Right, so yeah. it's a, so it's a different way. Uh, it, they're making an assumption that that we're not willing to make. But then is the there end- a? Uh, let me ask real quick: Is there a level of wanting to actually preserve the mystery and not figure out what ghosts are uh, in this uh, in this um, in this culture? I don't think so. Well, in the, I, I think the ghost the hunting culture that is. The believers don't want to because once you start doing that, they're going to find that it's not quite what they want it to be. That's you know. So they do. You're saying you do think they want to preserve the mystery? Yeah, because well, honestly, I think once we start learning the truth about all the um, supposed paranormal phenomenon, learn the actual science behind it, they're going to learn that um, it's not really anything that spectacular. And if they actually solve the mystery and find out it's not that spectacular, they're going to be kind of like, oh, well, that was a bummer, and then they'll have to move on to something new. <laughs> well, there's 15 years of my life wasted. Well. <laughs> You know, when you look at it, though, like Richard Wiseman, his, his tack on this is that he acknowledges that people have these experiences, right? Yes. 
I, I agree and, with that. I've and, had experience. Yeah, and so, but and so, what, so his perspective is why? Why does somebody have this experience? And you know, they and you know, he's looked at. Oh, uh, you know, he he looks in, he looks for stuff in the area. You know, high. What do I want to say? Um, magnetic fields. Yeah, magnetic fields. He's looking for that kind of stuff that might have an effect on the brain that might cause these things in right. these locations where people are having a lot of these experiences. And some of that's covered in Dumbass's article here. How okay. ghosts work. It a really great article because it it does everything it can to be middle of the road saying this is what people believe this is what uh, skeptics believe this is the information that's out there on both sides of it and I, I i like that this article is actually real good about giving the basic information on both sides of it i felt yeah yeah, and, yeah, it's, yeah. it's a it's a really good article um uh, i thought uh, there are a few things that uh, i would have added to it but it's you know basically it generally got some the ideas of what it could be um I like um, uh, the the talk about uh, sleep paralysis. I've experienced uh, sleep paralysis. Yeah, same here. Uh, and, uh, um, the sleep paralysis thing is really, really fascinating, too. And, I, and it's a freaky thing when it happens to you. You really, your sense of reality gets um, messed up. And yeah, so I can see why, you know. It really is unsettling. I've never actually seen anything when I was uh, sleep uh, paralyzed. Right. I, I felt, I kind of felt like there might be a presence, but uh, nothing more than that. Although I have had... Um, a kind of a hallucination after I woke up. Um, uh, I woke up uh, one, uh, one time and I saw this shimmering blob of colorful energy hovering over the bed between me and my wife. It looked like something you'd see in the original Star Trek. And I, I sat up and it stayed visible for a few seconds until I blinked and tried to focus on it. Then it kind of wisped out. Right. That's kind of neat. So is sleep paralysis kind of when you're you're are you you're awake but you can't move your body yet because right. your brain right. hasn't transitioned? Okay. Right. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. You know, I've never quite experienced it like that, but I've had I've had moments where like I'll wake up and I and I can't move and I'll shake and I've been able to shake myself out of it, but I've never had a, a situation where I just was was paralyzed and and you know couldn't move at all and been awake. I don't think you know, I've the, ever had sleep paralysis, but I have had extremely i have had extremely vivid dreams that i couldn't necessarily figure out if i was still dreaming when i woke up there, there's been a phenomenon in a, in a lot of cultures where they um they, they attribute it to like a, a witch or some sort of goblin or something other like that where people uh say they, they wake up in the middle of the night and that this whatever it is has sat on their chest yeah well yeah in and the inter- that, that's that's pretty much sleep paralysis yeah, well, that's the hag phenomenon. And if yeah. you look at the, um, basically any people that say they suffer from hag phenomenon, it sounds almost identical to the same people, to the people that come out saying they've been abducted by aliens. There is I was just going to say that. Yeah. It's almost identical. And if you look through history back, you know, about 500 years ago, um, we were getting the same kind of descriptions happening to people claiming they were, um, having demons visit them. But you know uh, what happens then? Then the people who believe in the aliens say, oh, this is just evidence of alien visitation in the past. Right. Yep. And how do you discount that, though? You're like, like, they have had that experience. Like you said, dumbass, you saw something. Well, you, and you attribute it to a hallucination, but some people yeah, might. Well, that, that, that's the thing. And people think that hallucinations are a sign of mental illness, uh, but they're not. The human brain right. can just sometimes do strange things. And my little hallucination was nothing. Uh, Brian Stunning of Skeptoid fame once as a kid woke up and hallucinated that the characters from Sesame Street were putting on a show for him. <laughs> I, I will say well, it, it's more common hag- when you got when like if you have a high fever and stuff like that. Yeah, uh, I was know. just thinking of the pink. Oh, I, I remember yeah. one time where my bedroom was basically the inside of a heart because I was sick and sleeping in bed and waking up and the whole room was a heart. 
Wow. You were talking about freaky hallucination. That was not fun. I had a I had a high fever. I was sick at one point, and I I had things that I would become absolutely convinced of not not necessarily um, not necessarily visual hallucinations, but I would have intrusive thoughts that I would become absolutely convinced that they were true, even though I could logically dispute them. Uh, case in point, one of the doctors treating me when I was taken to the hospital had a watch similar to mine. And so I'm thinking, why did mom give him my watch? Does that mean that I'm going to die? And I'm thinking, mom- well, I, you know, I, I've got stuff stored in that watch. It was a, one of those Casio data watches. And I'm thinking, well, I don't want him getting, I don't want him getting those telephone numbers. <laughs> when my right. mom died, well, about 15 years ago now, she was in, she nearly died in a car accident. Her stories of what she went through after that, because they had her on drugs and stuff, her whole reality for um, about a month there is completely warped. She'll tell you all these stories about um, what was going on, and it was pretty, you know, surreal, what she said. You know, all sorts of things didn't make sense. And and people can hallucinate under just regular conditions, too, especially uh, when you're about to go to sleep or when you're just waking up from sleep. People uh, often have reported, you know, a a dead relative standing at the foot of their bed. they, They wake up and find them there. Yeah, and the interesting thing is the power of suggestion as well. The first time I heard of the hag phenomenon was on one of the reality shows interviewing people that have experienced the supernatural. This one girl was basically, um, you listen to what she said, she was suffering from sleep paralysis. Then someone said, oh, that's the hag coming for you. After she was told about the hag and everything going with the hag, she started seeing the hag. It wasn't before she was told about the hag, it was after she was told about the hag. When she suffered sleep paralysis, she, she would then see the hag. Well, then a room she has a new roommate come in, and she tells the, her new roommate that the, um, the hag attacks her. Her roommate has never suffered from this before, but suddenly her roommate now is seeing the hag as well and going through it. And you look at it, it's like, no, she never saw the hag before she was told about it. And that alone tells me that, no, th- this woman has the power of suggestion has affected her. Well, it's the culture of the time, like you were saying. Um, yeah, that's what was, that's what people attributed it to at the time. And then when aliens a- were in the pop culture, they saw aliens. And- so, well, I mean, go back, going back to this article, there's some interesting stuff in here, um, on the, how the, how the ghost works. And one of, one of the things that I guess people say, uh, people report, uh, people no longer report seeing spirits of loved ones for fear of being, uh, um, Branded mentally right, insane. Yeah, yeah, it's been crazy. And the other thing that's on here is um, in improved communication like telephones and email make it unnecessary for ghosts to intervene in human communication. <laughs> they, they've just taken a step back. Yeah, exactly. It's like, well, okay. <laughs> so, and, and, but that that is one. And, and then the article goes on to talk about orbs. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and uh, there, one of the pictures that was in here um, of of an orb, nah, maybe it's on a different article. Um, but you know, I mean, generally, <clears throat> the thing about the orbs is that they're recreatable by you know by by most photographers, you know, who who can set really? stuff up. Okay, you guys know how my um stairways all painted look like um a castle wall and stuff. Yep. I was right. taking of the stairway to show people, and I got the coolest orb that looks like a giant eyeball in the middle of the doorway there. It's one of those things, like, I wish I knew how to do that. Cause it, just, it looks like this giant eyeball in the door, and I thought, that is so cool. Is it so, an exterior stairway or an interior stairway? Interior. A lot of sunlight coming through, a lot of dust, and I'm pretty sure that um, went together to make the orb. Right, so so they'll claim that, that the orbs are, are ghosts, 
but then, of course, you know, skeptics, however, think that orbs are physically caused, such as camera flash, water spots on the camera lens, uh, defective digital camera sensors. My parents used to get a used to get a image of an arm in every picture that they took with my dead brother's daughter for years until they changed cameras and then suddenly <laughs> that didn't happen anymore. Amazing. Well, I, I was taking pictures of my backyard um, display and putting it up on Facebook and Facebook now will try and automatically find faces and ask if you want to tag them. Well, it, um, you know, you want to talk about paradelia. There was a one time it found a little patch of grass and was asking if I wanted to tag that. I'm looking at it and I, I guess there's a face in there. But it was just, you know, a, a little patch of grass with nothing, no, no scenery, you know, real face or otherwise. But uh, uh, Facebook decided that it looked enough like a face that um, asked if I wanted to tag it. It's interesting that uh, computer algorithms are, um, you know, similar to our brains and in, in auto-filling the gaps to make faces. That's really yep. fascinating for the pareidolia. Computer pareidolia. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So interesting. The artificial intelligence is catching up with us and... Leaving in, and um, we can fool it. Natural. <laughs> okay. So obviously in doing a thing on ghosts, the big thing now is ghost hunting. So I went and I decided to look up some ghost hunting stuff. And I found a site that claims to give you all the advice for ghost hunting 101. Um, some of this is almost common sense. Don't trespass, go with friends, stuff like that. Um, I don't remember the word advice. Oh, I, I, the advice at the end was great. Um, basically, when you're done with the ghost hunt, you need to stop and basically command the um, demons not to follow you home. <laughs> okay. Um, are we hunting because, because ghosts demons, or are uh, we hunting demons? Demons are, uh, they, they have to obey you, right? I, I guess that's what they believe, but who was that? I, mean, I remember guys, that was in here somewhere. You guys know that Pat Robertson doesn't believe in ghosts because the Bible doesn't support it, right? Well, it, that, that's one of the more interesting things of some of this that, um, because on, on Wait, I later, thought, I thought I thought everything in the Bible was based on the idea that we have, um, e- you know, extra physical souls. Isn't that the same thing? Well, that doesn't for ghosts. Uh, well, heaven or hell or purgatory. We don't okay. get to roam the earth, and that's why yeah. I love. Um, this one site had a uh, favorite links on it, and basically the site itself. What, what um the first few links are is their own store, Ghost Hunter store, followed by these two Shield of Saint Michael's. Now, if you go to Shield. of Shield of St. Michael's, you will find that they claim that um, th- this stuff is the way to protect yourself from evil spirits. Faith is the only thing that will protect you. Um, What's the actual line? These are all items that rely on your faith because that is what ultimately will protect you. These are tools that allow God and your faith to work through. We would um, both like to thank you for stopping by, blah, blah, blah. Well, the thing is, they also own a company... <clears throat> That sells metaphysical and spiritual supply, is, which is this, basically to me goes against that whole idea of God being the thing you have to rely wait, on. Wait, so is this whole thing, this whole thing, this Ghost Hunter 101, is this all part of this? Or is it, um, did I, you move on? I, I think it's all the same for okay. people. Before we and, move on, can we just back up for a second? Help me yeah. understand, is ghost hunting where someone has had an experience and the ghost hunters come in to try to help them not have that frightening that's, experience that, that's an aspect of ghost hunting that um, is an aspect but i think what they're talking about here is basically getting into amateur ghost hunting yeah yeah which is basically just kind of a but you look you know. at it a lot of this seems like um th- does that make money they have a whole bunch of shops linked off of this site and they almost contradict themselves like i said they have this ca- strong catholic 
um, the only way to protect yourself is through God and faith mm-hmm. in God. And then they have the um, the whole um, pseudoscience stuff that you know crystals and gems and stuff that don't agree with what the Bible says at all. Because yeah. the Bible actually warns against using this kind of stuff. But they uh, won't go to every side of it. They're so, a spiritual Walmart, and they, they, yeah. they make sure they've got something for everybody. So, I That's mean, li- his, so, the list of equipment. Do, oh. Sorry, what do Brian and Baxter do then? Because don't they do something that's well, ghost hunting, but it's they, skeptical? I, I, it's they're like, not hunting for ghosts. They're investigating paranormal activity, which is not okay. quite the same. And they're not actually trying to find ghosts. They're trying to find out what is causing this activity that is being called paranormal. So they're not going in with the major assumption that it's got to be some supernatural thing. They're going um, in with there's probably a logical explanation. If, if right. anything, they're going in with the yeah, they're going with the assumption that uh, that that it's a physical phenomenon, and they just want to and and so they go in you know and try to replicate this stuff a lot of times and try to see if they can solve it that way. There, there's a good book that uh, that I've got, um, uh, Scientific Paranormal Investigation by uh, Ben Radford. Uh, which um, uh, details uh, a lot of the ways that the ghost hunting shows go wrong and the, the way you want to uh, do these investigations if you're actually looking to get uh, scientific answers uh, on them. Cool. Yeah, so the, the equipment, of course, they want a digital camera. But it's interesting, why, why, why a digital camera over a, just an analog camera? Why not a 35 millimeter? Well, I think one thing, the digital camera, you get automatic results, can see the pictures right off the bat. Right, but, uh, I mean... Well, the digital camera's also maybe a little easier to manipulate, too. Well, that's... Yeah, yeah that's what I was thinking, but... Oh, yeah, can... I, I never really got um, orbs with uh, any kind of film camera. I've gotten tons of orbs it, with my digital camera. It does seem to be more of a digital camera phenomenon, but I yeah. bet you, if we look around, that we... I mean, you you got all sorts of shadowing and stuff like that, and actually developing yeah. film, you could develop you know, um, negatives on top of each other and get weird stuff, you know, the people, yeah. yeah. Um, so the next one is a digital voice recorder, but once again, I mean, why not an analog one too? Well, analog one would probably have, uh, more, actually, if you, if you want to get to EVPs, it's probably best to go with an analog one because you've got the sound of the machinery that could, you know, if you amplify, it could, uh, sound like a voice in some cases. Right, but in some ways, it might be good to have a yeah. If you're if you're doing this from a perspective that you actually want to try and solve something, you kind of want both because if it's on both, you know, at the, at the same moment, if it's on one and not the other, of course they might right. think that's true. You know, I yeah, mean, you know that that's, that's a that's a good point. If you if you are looking for if you do believe in EVPs and you want to prove that they exist, you should have uh, two recorders uh, set up and see if they both record the same thing. Right, and that's that is an extremely Valuable thought. So, um, I, I wonder if the digital camera and the digital, the digital voice recorder is not just simply for ease of use and ease of development, though. Of editing in course. Yeah. Because the computer is a wonderful tool for so many different things. Mm. It just can get, it can help you go as wrong as it can help you go right. Absolutely. Right. So, I mean, the, the rest of this stuff is pretty standard flashlight with extra batteries, first aid yeah, kit, well, a notebook with, uh, with with pens and pencils, do you guys know what those are. Hold on one second here. Um, flashlight. Do they do they go LED over incandescent, or do they have any preference for the type of bulb? Or they... uh, recommend red light flashlight to help preserve your night vision. Yeah, mm. only thing they say. Okay. So another. It says so. Then a video camera, optional tripod. And they, here's where they here's where they they get into trouble a lot of times is the EMF detector. There are two types of EMF detectors. 
And one of them will detect an electromagnetic field from a person, and another one is, you know, will, will detect electromagnetic fields in, in wiring and stuff like that. And they are two different units. A lot of times these people are carrying around one that will detect a, an electromagnetic field from a human, and they're carrying that thing around, and of course they're getting a signal. Because they're carrying it. Because they're carrying it. <clears throat> so, so, but, and, and I don't think in here that he specifies the difference. And so it's most of the time, I don't even think they know what that, that there, there, there are two different types of EMF detectors. And is the, is this not specified because they just want to make sure people get results? Well, I don't know. I don't even know that they know. I mean, how much do they, one of the things that Brian and Baxter keep complaining about is that these people don't know how to actually use the, the equipment that they have properly. So when they're getting readings, they don't know how to, they don't know that, that the equipment's been aligned properly, that it's, you know, that, that it's being used properly. A lot of times the equipment is being misused and that's why they get these, these wild, these wild, um, results. And so that's that, that, that Brian and Baxter, you know, that they've, you know, with, with, especially with you know, photography and stuff like that, they've done a lot of, a uh, lot of courses and training and learning how to use that equipment properly. So when they go out into these environments, that's one of the things that they're looking for very specifically. Are they using the camera properly? Are they using the EMF detector properly? I'm right now looking at the pages EMF, um, <clears throat> training sheet which is really bad because it only kind of says well this is how you turn you use the machine and that's about it so it doesn't give anything beyond that right so these things are far more complicated than they give them credit for yeah um handheld radio or walkie talkies which of course you know could could potentially create your emfs if people are using yes, those and, yeah. you know so there's a potential to catch that stuff and of course you know what they don't have on here is a you know um a frank's box right uh you know <laughs> <laughs> i'm wondering if even the flashlight might create a little bit of emf on the EMF yeah I, detector. um it, i suppose it's possible depends upon what type of flashlight but it right. could potentially do so right so i was I was stuck on, they say to bring a compass, and I was like, but I didn't see up thread where they said to bring a map. And then I realized that they're not using the compass for orienteering. They're using it to, to get it to spin and prove, you know, the presence of the spirit. Right. Now, if you run a compass over a wire and there's a short in it, it will spin. So what it was so so once again magnet? are they using it are they I mean using it for that purpose properly what are they actually finding and that's another the, another big problem is that when they get a reading how do you interpret it right so you're saying they they might be trying to interpret one thing and what they really need to interpret is that the house what? has got a wiring problem. and that's another right. problem with the science they don't know any of this stuff they're making it up as they go um Jason Cordova we had him on um. You know, great guy. I he really is great. But um, when he did the ghost tour of um, Aurora campus, one of the things he almost admitted is they don't know anything because we were talking about one of the spirits there. That's a little girl, and they believe that it is the spirit of um, one of the guy's daughters who actually died nowhere near the place as an adult. And they're saying, well, we believe that in theory you can come back at whatever age you want in, as a ghost. And I'm saying like. What? Okay, you can come back at whatever age you want as a ghost and wherever you want as a ghost? Apparently, that's one of the things they came up with to explain this ghost and who the ghost is. You know what that actually explains? Oh, my God. That explains the ending of Titanic. (laughs) (laughs) 
Thank you, Ian. Uh, so, Thank you. Yeah, that was bugging so me. If they're using so, the, the radio at the same time that they're using the EMF detector, you know, yeah. th- there's another but, potential source. Like I said, they don't have anything to actually verify that what they're getting reading-wise means anything. That's the other thing. They're assuming. They're saying, oh, well, we have this reading. It must be ghosts. How do you know that? Have you ever done an actual scientific thing that proves that what you're getting is a ghost? You're well, getting something. I believe but- that's how I started off this segment, isn't it? Saying, yeah. you know, that they coming at, they're coming at this with the, with the presumption that ghosts exist. Is right. is the very ignorance of I, I guess maybe ignorance isn't the wrong word, but is the very fact that they don't really know is that a point of pride? Uh, is this you know something what? that is this something that it enhances the enjoyment of the culture because they don't know. Mac, I'm wondering if it's status, if they're presenting themselves as these courageous experts in quotation marks Mm -hmm. on something that a lot of people don't really know too much about. It's maybe a status thing. It doesn't take anything. Very well done. You you can become an expert in saying, okay, this reading means that because I've decided that and everyone's like, oh, you're right. So if I get that reading, I'm going to agree with you now because you're now the expert. Confirmed. <laughs> Confirmation, but no, <laughs> it's proof. No, it's like I mean, you, you watch the ghost hunting shows. It's all the same kind of stuff. They don't have basics for what this means, but they've decided that's what it means. Yeah, it's the thing about uh, ghost hunting in general, especially you know, you look at uh, the literature of the ghost stories that they've gotten. They that they present them as true stories, but they almost never have reference for these kind of thing. And I've I've looked into. Uh, some of the uh, some some of the ghost stories that people uh, cite as proof uh, uh, for ghosts, and there's almost never anything to them. Yeah, yeah. I watched uh, I watched a paranormal show called Paranormal Paranormal Witness with my roommate, and there's so many different things that they've got in there that are sliced out of popular culture, like the the red rubber ball bouncing down the stairs. I can cite a couple different movies where that was that was used. Uh, at least three, and one of them is a parody of the other two. So, well, uh, yeah. So, okay. So, where to look? Now, this I find interesting. Um, a couple years ago, we did the ghost tour of Boulder, which you get on a bus, they drive around, and they talk about ghost stories in various places in Boulder. And it was actually quite fun. I enjoyed it. But one of the things, we drove by a graveyard, and he was talking, the guy who was doing it said um, that one time they were doing an investigation in the graveyard, and the psychic who apparently, you know, went around sensing ghosts, said, oh, we, I don't go to graveyards because there's never any ghosts there because that's not a place for ghosts. Yet, if you look at all the other ghost hunting stuff, they all recommend graveyards because that's going to be um, filled with paranormal activity. Well, and the you know, and here we go back to you can come back as a ghost at any age and in any place. So now, Why would you go to the graveyard? That has no well, you meaning to you. You didn't die in the graveyard. Yeah. And that's what the, so the psychic apparently was saying. It's like the, the graveyard is just where they keep the bodies. The spirits are going to go someplace important and connected to them. Sure. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You can come back as a you can come back as a ghost at any age and in any place. Oh my God! That explains the ending of the special edition of Return of the Jedi. <laughs> so, but one of the things here, even even we are trying to rationalize why you would or would not go to a cemetery with with no reason to believe either well, way. Well, you know, you know what? Uh, when I used to have a, a paper route, um, uh, I, I used to walk uh, right uh, next to a small little graveyard, and I it, this was at, at very early morning. It was still dark out. It's basically night, and um, uh, I didn't find it spooky or creepy in any way at all. It was it, it was kind of a nice, peaceful little place. Yeah, sure. Yeah, 
Right, but I but my my point is that we can rationalize it either way, but why? <laughs> well, and if we're rationalizing it, the simple fact is if we're, well, ra- we're rationalizing it because there's there's holes in it. Your brain has to rationalize it if there's yeah. holes in it. But right. If there's no holes, you don't have to rationalize it. Sure. The fact within the ghost hunting community, it's so, you know, it's separated like that. There's some that believe this one side cemeteries are going to be, you know, hot spots for spirits. And so they said, no, it doesn't make any sense on why the spirits would be there. Once more shows, there's not anything lining up. And I've seen this with the ghost hunting stuff. While they all seem to want to be on the same side, they often have a lot of theories and ideas that don't line up, don't mess up, because once more, there's no real science behind it. They make it up as they go. I like the idea that after we die, we suddenly feel compelled to just stand around going, ooh. <laughs> yeah, I, either I that or we, that. Uh, yeah, either that or we just sit around whispering. <laughs> <laughs> no, see, that, that's the thing of it. Jason never actually died. He's like proverbial <laughs> for not actually dying. Is that is that specific to uh, to Jason? I thought it was just a general thing. I think it's a I think general thing. Uh, I think. I thought it was. I I always thought that was specific to Friday the Thirteenth. I could be uh, incorrect. All right. So we were watching me... Friday the Thirteenth Part Three before I came down here for that. And the sound is exactly what I remember over and over and over again in the um, part I, we were watching. Okay. So yeah, So here. So cemetery schools because the students will go back to haunt the schools because. Why not? <laughs> Theaters, right? You know, mm-hmm. probably, you know, I mean, that, that's got to be specifically like, you know, not probably not movie theaters, more like, you know, I mean, we, we, theaters, yeah. yeah, you know, you know, yeah. Uh, battlefields. Well, of course, because that's where I'm going to stay when I die. Churches, uh, hotels, motels, boarding houses, historical locations. Old buildings? Yes. Old no way. You, you're buildings. going old building and there's strange sounds and creakings and movements and shadows. Oh, wow. And no it way. says uh, books on locally haunted places. So, you know, and that's kind of interesting books on locally haunted places because uh, the Stanley um, apparently uh, purchased a whole bunch of ghost stories from another hotel that went out of business that had a bunch <laughs> that were attached to that one and they incorporated them. And I think that they had to, they had to buy those. Um, they had to buy the copyright. Yeah. They had to buy the copyright on those from the other that's place awesome. to incorporate them. And, and Brian, Brian and Baxter ha- have the uh, I'm pretty they, they they have the original book and they have the updated one. I'm pretty sure that's what it was. We would have to ask them to get the specifics on that, but but that has happened before. So there's another ghost hunting one that um don't know why I put the both in this. One, I don't remember this one well, but it gives a little more detail on what ghost hunting is and breaks down the ghosts and stuff like that. You know, I I don't want to – the one thing that we have to remember is that this could be done just for fun, right? These people, they they don't have to get together to to prove anything. They can just go on a ghost hunt, and that in and of itself can be a certain amount of enjoyment because – Well, actually, I wouldn't mind doing that sometimes and actually seeing what's into it. it, When it becomes a problem is when when people are trying to – uh, and not even profit on it, because like if you're doing ghosts, you know, if you're taking people on ghost hunts and stuff like that, that that's fine. It, it's even fine to do it to make money at it. But where it becomes a problem, I think, is where when people start, um, I I, I, I guess it can go too like, far, and I'm having and I'm having trouble coming up with it with a um with a suggestion of how it might go too far lot. at the moment. I mean, when, when they you know come and say, oh, you know, there's a ghost here, you can't go near here. You know, it's like, oh, well, right. 
it goes too far when people are telling you your house is possessed and you need to pay me to to do an exorcism to remove the demons from it. It also goes too far when, you know, when you've got sites out there that are saying, okay, well, if you're going to go ghost hunting, you have to buy this equipment from us. Okay. That might be going just a tad too far. Well, yeah, if somebody is in their home and they're genuinely fearful of something, taking advantage of that just seems predatory and wrong to me. It's unethical. Okay, like so you find the source of the problem and not autofill the ghost thing. Right. So I don't have a problem with it, uh, with, you know, going out and looking for ghosts, right? But when it becomes predatory, that's certainly when it becomes a problem. Agreed. So anyway, the next I went, I found, you can find uh, through this site, you can basically go to any state you want. But we, most of us live in Colorado. Dumbass lives off in some foreign imaginary land, but yeah, the rest no, of us I don't think in... they. I don't think they have ghosts in Canada. Do they? After the podcast, I want to talk about seeking political asylum in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, I obviously went with Ghost of Colorado because that's where most of us are located. So, you, um, it's mostly. Actual people's stories on seeing ghosts, but that I mean, you could read a million of these, and they're all you know same kind of stuff. So I decided to go and look at some of the ones that actually had interesting pictures, because you could post pictures as well. So I picked five pictures. The first one is from Fraser, Colorado. Uh, the story is: Family and I were hiking on St. Louis Creek Trail when we were heading out. It was dark. My mom loves taking pictures, and thought she'd just she'd take just one last pic. It was just a random picture. This this is what we captured. This and, looks like to me like it has some sort of a filter on it. Yeah, but um, well, I don't see the. Say it's a woman dressed in an old timey dress, a hat, and a shawl is really kind of adding that. a hall a hell of a it's lot. It said the, the it said the picture was slightly brightened to get a better view. I think that looks a little more than slightly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, all, all the trees are whited out. Uh, Honestly, the muds of some kind on it. What they've got circled in there kind of looks like a couple of pine trees to me, a couple of small conifers. Well, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, it's like understory and then, you know, whatever the air, the space above black, before the next. It's a black triangular shape with the, what I could see being thought of as a head, although to me it looks like a head with a third eye, kind of like um, Davros from Doctor Who or an alien of some kind. Or like I don't a see Picasso. The hat. I, I was going to say, does, it, does, that, uh, does anybody else see that the old woman kind of looks like a Cyclops? <laughs> I, I see three eyes. Two white ones and then a black one in the middle of the head. Oh, those, yeah, those small can, dots? Yeah, I see that. I don't. I just see the Cyclops. Yeah, I can see a bird beak in there, too. <laughs> so, you know, obviously, we all can look at this and pick out all sorts of things, which is generally what we see with a lot of these pictures is, you know, all that's well, supposed to be remember when we... You remember when we talked about that video that was the the Civil War, or they, they thought they saw a boy fly up into the tree yeah. and then jump back down, and they copyrighted the video so nobody could nobody could steal the video from them, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. There is a very strong confirmation bias where they want to see this. Right. And I think that this person maybe saw something in here and wanted to see more. Right. And so the next is in Frisco, Colorado. And the story is, my friend and I just visited Frisco on January 3rd. We took a picture in front of the antique train barn on Main Street and were shocked to see what appeared after taking the picture. Yeah, yeah, It was lightly snowing that night, but there was no gust of wind at the time. Yeah. (laughs) It's the snow. They were breathing. Yeah, that's what (laughs) it looks like. That looks like vapor breath to me. Yeah. 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 It's vapor. Uh, But there 
Yeah. And that's another thing that's interesting is ghosts take so many different forms. Yeah. And there's no lot. You know, it's like. Mm, you know what that looks like to me? It makes sense. What? It looks like locomotive breath. <laughs> but you usually but only I mean, get that when you're wearing an aqua lung. Yeah, I, I, I want to hear some form of explanation on why there's so many different forms of ghosts. It doesn't make sense. There's no rules. You can take any form you want. You can either because look like yourself or you can be. Ian, you're just a, being hey, ghostist. If, if, <laughs> if you can come back at any age in any place, I guess you can come back in any form, too. The only one constant about ghosts is that you can disperse them with a ro- with a shotgun full of rock salt or an iron fireplace poker. All right, go on to and the next one. First, the next one is in Granby, Colorado. Uh, was snowboarding, got this pick, the truck that my buddy was opening wasn't on, and there was no one in the car behind us. Yes. Okay. okay. Once more. What, the, which uh, car uh, was uh, on then? And yeah, again, uh, we could be looking at this guy's breath. Well, that's it's what we said. Yeah. It, it's but, some uh, sort of steam mist or breath or something. I mean, it just just the uh, camera lights are flashing against it, and you didn't see it at the time. Well, did, is the car turned on? Could it just be exhaust? No, he, too? Said the, he said it's not on. Okay, well, that's but, he's got no, his keys in his hand. Was, <clears throat> the car that was covered in snow and had just been you know moving uh, not too long before it looks like. Yeah, there's going to be some mist. It happens when you know you have hot and cold meat. Well, yeah, and it, breathing well, is once except, again. Now, Except I the, see... the reason that I believe this could be a ghost is because you can see eyes up at the top and they look demonic, so it must be a ghost. I, I see a bear at the top. Kind of cool to me. You see a what? A bear's head? I thought it was a bat. Ooh, I see a The spirit hat. of the bear. Now, see, <laughs> now we're talking spiritualism here. Oh, <laughs> All right. Next. Okay. Next is in Sterling, Colorado. And this looks like a picture of clouds to me. I'm tr- I've been, I, I remember looking at this like, what are they talking about? But just a picture I took in front of my house in Sterling, Colorado about a month ago. I'm not saying it is a face. That's just what I think it looks like to me. Well, they inverted like, it for the bottom, too. Like that's, that's, that's cheating. <laughs> is I'm, that the tentacle from Day of the Tentacle? <laughs> I, I, I remember one time seeing Castle Grayskull in the cloud and thinking, that is really cool. But I didn't for one moment think that it was actually Castle Grayskull up in the All clouds. Right. That's the worst of them. That's the worst. Yeah, that, 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 yeah, that one, I'm, I'm not sure why you'd submit. That, it's silly. Yeah, okay. And the next the one. The final one is our Arbs picture. Oh. The picture, okay, it is from Walden, Colorado. This picture was taken in Padre Canyon in Roosevelt National Forest. Cooter. Cooter Canyon. Oh, okay. Fine. Cooter. Cooter. Sorry. <laughs> we have kept this several times. I've taken scores of pictures, but never had any turnout like this one. This is this looks like water spots to me on the lens. Yeah, I, I could definitely see or, water spots or dust or or lens flares. Yeah, I mean this could be this could potentially be lens flares. Yeah, well, and you know there's one to... around the there's one around the lantern. Yeah, the, the lantern um, and it's looking the car that has a light on and there's one around that light yeah, as well. Yeah, it could be. I what don't is know. that man holding? Oh, probably a flashlight. Looks like a flashlight. I mean, it should be a beer, but you know, a flashlight's fine. And it looks like there's an orb around his head, so maybe yeah. he's that, that's like a halo. He's a saint. Because yeah, is that a hat he's got pushed back, or is like, no, like, not, oh, you know what? Like it's the car tire. It's the truck tire. Uh, okay, car yeah, truck. I think you're right. It is the car tire. I thought I was thinking it was a boonie hat too, but it is the car tire. Uh, um, as far as what he is holding, though, it could be any number of different things. But it could be a flashlight. It could be all kinds of different things. If it's a flashlight, it doesn't appear to be on. But the way he's holding it, it almost looks like he's, you know, 
shine the flashlight up into his face to tell ghost stories. So Right, that's what I was thinking too. Yeah. And you're right there by the fire, so there's probably all sorts of dust and smoke in there for all these different light sources to yeah. play with. I mean The next is a so, so the next is a article um that uh um about a guy who, you know, took some pictures and uh and some some guy named Dumbass had to give a whole bunch of <laughs> rational explanations for why this could have happened. Well, this is a, a Reddit uh, post, actually. Uh, some guy um, posted um, a really interesting picture uh, involving his friends and uh, what looked like a face that uh, appeared. Yeah, I, I and that's pretty cool looking. Where's the face? It's up on the um, the door behind them. That's, um, Next to the curtains. It? Oh, I see it. I was going to say, is it hidden by the lens flare? <laughs> Actually, you know what that looks like to me? That looks like a lamp in the room and the reflection thereof. Yes, mm. it does. Yeah. I it's it a is. hell of a lot like a reflection. But it yes. does look well, cool. You see kind of a spooky face in it. Yeah, it, it, does, yeah. it does look kind of like a spooky face. And the, uh, the guy was saying that his his friends were really spooked out by it. And uh, he want, he wanted, was looking for more rational uh, explanations. And um, uh, I, t- I took a look at it and said, well, let, let's just break this down. I mean, I- each different part of this uh, looks like it's probably a, a part of uh, something else. The, the, the forehead is probably uh, a lampshade, it looks like it. And yeah. I, I mentioned that uh, the, this uh, so-called face... Um, if you if you really break it down, it, it looks more like a cartoonish face than any kind of real face. There's uh, kind of, there, there's kind of a forehead, and there's a spot that uh, looks like it's a nose, but th- there's no mouth, and the and the eyes are basically just uh, dark triangles. Yeah. Um, and, and there's uh, some sort of uh, it looks it looks like he's wearing a cloak because there's some sort of uh, uh, shadowy area surrounding it. Um, it looks, I've got a, if if it looks like a ghost, it looks like the friggin' scream ghost. <laughs> I was thinking it looks like the robot from Mystery Science Theater. That too. Uh, so anyway, I was, I was just noticing that there, there seemed to be a, a number of different light sources in the room. A lot mm-hmm. of uh, ways for light and shadow to combine in order to make different shapes. And uh, none, of, none of these shapes that are coming out, they, they all seem to be parts of something else. And none of them seem to be uh really um inexplicable on their own if you if you break it down you notice that any any of these could be caused by pretty much anything well you got so many um, lights i mean you behind them they got a monitor there there's definitely some light um up above going on i mean there's so much light in in that room that it's going to play some funky stuff with the shadows yeah i th- i th- i think that this is just a case of reflections and shadows getting pushed together in a way that uh when yeah. you look at it, it looks kind of like a creepy face yeah it is interesting, though, that that you know, it, it, to well, me, it's, it's... Uh, there's a there's a post down here below that says it's one of those iPhone ghost camera apps. So <laughs> that's kind of an interesting take on it, also. Yeah, I, I disagreed with the person who said that because I, I thought that uh, usually when they when they have an iPhone ghost camera app, usually it's a little clearer than that, more uh, clear that you're seeing a ghost. These seem to be to me more random uh, shadows and reflections put together. <laughs> Oh, okay. And I see your example images. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have a blown-up image of the face, but it's pixelated and looks more like a giant mushroom now. Oh, yeah. Well, the ghost apps. Yeah, you're right. The, those are pretty clear. Yeah. You put a and whole you have bunch of links. Pre, in there. You have pre-made ghosts that go in there. Yeah. So. Right. Yeah. If, if you could, if you could find me an an app with uh, this uh, same ghost uh, to appear, then uh, I'd say, oh yeah, I guess you're right. But uh, I, I don't think it. Uh, I, I think that's it's not a 
ghost uh, iPhone ghost camera app, I think it's just light and shadow. Yeah, I'm I'm inclined to think that it's light and shadow too, but I do like the fact that there's other people looking for other other possible solutions on there too. And it doesn't seem like anybody really thinks it could possibly be a ghost. This Android one is pretty cool. You can you can place the ghost anywhere you want. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, actually, before we move on, then because I think we're kind of moving out of this. But the main questions I, you know, I wrote on the document here that we might discuss briefly. Okay, you know, this concept of ghosts. Why are people so afraid of them when what they are is supposedly just people transferred in another state? What is so scary about that? I've I've often wondered that because they're supposed to be afraid of ghosts, and you know you go you watch some of these ghost hunting shows. These guys will freak out like crazy if they think they have something. Like, yeah. what is there to be I, of? you know, the video it's, I put in there about why are, why are things creepy? I think that it addresses this also. Yeah, um, that they're they're almost but not quite human, so they're just alien enough, enough to give us that sense of that sense of the creeps. And well, you could, if the creeps get out of hand, then then you got terror. Well, you can also, um, to, to answer Ian's question, I mean, if you think, because, you know, some people you should be scared of, uh, people can be uh, uh, very intimidating. If you think that uh, people, once they've crossed over, if they hang around, they might uh, still have that maliciousness. They might uh, be able to use that maliciousness in ways that uh, you, as a flesh and blood human, can't as easily counter. So that's one thing to be scared of, if you think of it that way. Okay, I wonder if we're potential. I wonder if people project like some of their own psychological issues too. Like if you have a, like you were saying, dumbass, like if you have a streak towards, towards cruelty or towards whatever, uh, you know, that you try to suppress, you could maybe imagine yourself coming back as a ghost and having no, no breaks on that. Maybe they, maybe you kind of project your own fears. Well, what about fear of, you know, there's the fear of death, the fear of the unknown, or what happens. Do you, I wonder how much that plays into it. You know, well, are people yeah. afraid that up as ghosts, wondering like that? That's kind yeah. of what I was thinking is it, a lot of this comes out of our fear of death, I think. Yeah. I think that's also why we're fascinated by them, though. Yeah. Because ghosts are potentially proof that, that we're not just, you know, a pile of animated meat wandering around. Yeah, yet at the same we time, we actually have something that comes beyond, comes afterwards. If you're religious, it goes against the idea of heaven and hell, though. You know, you're not being sent to any kind of afterlife. You're roaming the earth still. Yeah. So, you know, it's one of those weird possibilities. And well, it, so, it's why they're afraid? Are, are there? It, you know, if that's your fate, you know, I think there are people that might be afraid that that's their fate. They're going to wind up you know, stuck on Earth, roaming, you know, for all eternity with you know nothing more than that. Well, I other cultures. Well, I, I kind of think say... ghost hunting. Sorry. No, go ahead. Walking all over each other. I kind of think ghost hunting is is in and of itself kind of a religion or kind of a at the very least kind of a kind of a spiritual discipline. Well, I, I, maybe a spiritual discipline. I would not call it a religion. <laughs> I was just going to mention that our um, the rituals that a lot of cultures have surrounding death and funerary rites and things like that have to do with helping people transition into the afterlife, like getting rid of the spirit so it goes to heaven or wherever the afterlife is. Sure. All right. Well, let's finish this up by finding out yeah. what the best way to get demons out of a vagina is. Dumbass. You mean, oh, Jesus, you mean people article. are getting demons stuck up there too? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Dimes, <laughs> garlic cloves, demons. Well, they crawl in there looking for the Doritos, I think. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, um, I, I, uh, I sent you guys uh, this story a um, couple of episodes ago. I sent you my, my little uh, thing that I, I was working on uh, for that story. Yes. Which is awesome. It's, <laughs> yeah. So funny. <laughs> it, it's one of those things, too, that I, I think in certain cultures and certain places, uh, uh, men will sometimes take advantage of women in this way. But I guess for, I should explain, for those of you who don't know, it's just a, a man in China. Um, a, a Ghostbuster. Um, An charged, appropriately uh, a, named Ghostbuster. Right. Charged a woman uh, a tidy sum of money in order to uh, exercise the ghosts from her vagina uh, by uh, using his penis. <laughs> so. <laughs> uh, and, and she paid, so, and uh, they did it. And, and she's like, uh, I guess a little while later, she's like, hey, wait a minute. And she called the cops on him. <laughs> the next day. So she did it one day after having sex with him. I love how he played doctor with her, too. He conducted an exam. Take your clothes off. <laughs> I need to do an exam. <laughs> so, but, you know, you see this once in a while and you you wonder, I guess it's in societies or situations where uh, the, the women uh, aren't uh, uh, as educated or... Uh, are kept a little bit uh, uh, more um, innocent, and so they they might more naturally fall for things, especially from a man who's in a position of authority. Uh, because uh, you, you've heard cases before. I remember one case um, a while back about um, a man who convinced uh, some women that, that he was a holy man and that uh, his uh, semen could cure them. Right. I remember that. Uh, yeah. Um, the comments on this particular story, by the way, are priceless. They are pretty funny. Yeah, I love the one that says "Some Ting Wong was involved." Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, we kind of talked about the extreme fear that the or the uh, video, the creepy, the creepy yeah. video. Yep. Um, Mac, do you want to talk about uh, a little Albert experiment? Yeah. Um, I came across this, and the little Albert experiment basically. They initially, they initially let this child play with furry animals, and he was fine playing with furry animals. What they started doing, however, was every time he would touch a furry animal, they'd make a loud noise behind him to the point where he became frightened of the furry animals. And um, part of the experiment was intended to be desensitizing him from this, but I guess they ran out of time and they didn't actually get to the part of desensitizing him from the, ex- from the experiment. So... Uh, the initial article I found talks about, so he was sent back to his hopefully pet-free home. <laughs> but the, uh, the the additional information I found on it indicates that the experiment itself may have been compromised because it looks like the actual child they used may have been neurologically compromised himself. So they don't know if the results that they got were a result of what was going on with him physically or if this is something that could be applied to anybody. I did a little more searching to see if there were any similar re- experiments I could find, and I didn't find anything like that. I want to talk about the ethics of it, the fact that basically, you know, doing that kind of thing on an eight-month-old baby, uh, you could not get away with it nowadays at all. That's My true. Guess- and it's a lot more fun if you do it to a four-year-old or a five-year-old anyway. <laughs> but still, my guess is basically... It's not something that was commonly done because, you know, even back then, there were probably quite a few guys who were like, it doesn't really, you know, come out right to mess with a little baby like that. So I, I bet experiments like this are very hard to find information on. All right. Do we want to start a talk about dualism now? 
It's up to you guys. It's just, it's. I have I, kind of. A I lot kind of feel say. like I kind of feel like that could be a, a podcast of it. So. I I do too. I'm wondering if we. I mean, like you say, you've got a lot to say about it. Okay. Yeah. Let's let's do it another time. Okay. Because I I I understand how it connects, but it's a huge topic. Yeah. But I, I guess we what we could say is you know the idea uh, if we do have these souls or these spirits is kind of where the idea where dualism comes from though so we have the you know the our our bodies and then we have these spirit bodies I guess or right or the some sensation of that there's a ghost in the machine right exactly right yeah. and that goes in some of our fascination with you know the ghosts in general is you know we feel like there's something more to us. Right. But I think that there's a there's a lot going on with that particular topic. Yeah, it's a good one. It's meaty. And it and it speaks to our fear of death once again. Yeah. That's true. So you know, you know we want to be more than just what we are. Uh, yeah, there's some interesting stuff to that. But yeah, I, I think I agree. We'll save that for another one where we can okay. do full justice that deserves. Well so uh um, good to me. Yeah, dumbest what what's coming up on the dumbass media network? What else is going on that we need to be aware of? Uh, well, oh, I'm media empire. Finished. I'm sorry, I keep calling it a network, but it's really an empire. Let we need to we need to get that right. I'm. It is an empire. Conquering. Or does I? Uh, what were you gonna say? Your empire. It, it keeps conquering, and growing. It's now absorbed us. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it's amazing how how it grows like that. Um yeah, I've um uh, I'm putting together uh my next uh, episodes right now. I'm uh, I'm almost finished the next uh um dumbass's guide to knowledge and I'm going to uh put together one right after that. Um which um uh, along with the, today's uh episode uh, on the same theme, I'm going to be uh looking at uh some of the ghost stories that I've looked at. Um you guys know I've already uh covered the um uh, the, uh, ghost cavalry of World War One, um, which, uh, which was a fascinating story. And I, I've, uh, written about some other ghost stories and I'm gonna, uh, put that into, uh, another episode. So I'm, uh, like I said, I'm gonna have two coming out close to each other. It's been uh, very hard, uh, finding time to work on it, but uh, I've got it, uh, pretty much all written out and, uh, a lot of it recorded. Um, so. Uh, that's going going to be coming up, and then I'm going to be getting uh, ready uh, a new Invisible Sky Monster podcast, um, and um, I'm anticipating to uh, be inviting uh, Terry onto that one. Oh, good! You keep teasing about that. I didn't want to be too pushy. <laughs> well, it's in, it's important for dumbass to have the whole collection. <laughs> Great, um, yeah. And then uh, my my friends, uh, your um, uh, brother podcasts are uh, coming out with uh, great stuff. Um, all the time, so uh, we're going to get you uh, a lot more content out there. Excellent. That's great. All right. Very good. Well, say goodnight, everybody. Good night, everybody. Good night. And good that's night. another one in the can. Happy Halloween. <laughs> all right. <laughs> oh, you should have done that while we were recording. That was great. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Amateur Skeptics Podcast. For more information about the Amateur Skeptics, go to AmateurSkeptics.com. To send us feedback, suggestions, or big flaming insults, feel free to contact us at WTF at AmateurSkeptics.com. Other contact information can be found on our website. 
you can leave a voicemail for the Amateur Skeptics Podcast at 720-295-7785. Music for this podcast was provided by OFM. To find out more about OFM, go to myspace.com forward slash OFMHQ. This podcast is released under Creative Commons No Derivatives 3.5 license. Thank you for listening to the Amateur Skeptics Podcast. Amateur Skeptics website, Facebook, and podcast album art is provided by and copyright Shadow Knight Digital Portraiture. Larger prints or custom pieces are available upon request. 